Oh, my goodness. Down in sultry, spicy Miami, uh, the Spartans just head on down south and pick up a big dub on the way. My goodness. Uh, That was quite a performance this afternoon by Mel Tucker and the green and white. And look, yes, we're going to talk about Michigan. We'll talk about the route and Rocky Lombardi's triumphant return to Ann Arbor. Uh, We'll get to that. But you heard it here on WJR. You heard uh, my good pal, Steve Courtney. Um, This Spartan team. Now, look, I I don't want to get too hyperbolic here. All right. Uh, But they're they kind of seem legit, don't they? They kind of seem legit. And after a couple of weeks of of me telling you, you know, pump the brakes on somebody like Kenny Walker, just pump the brakes a little bit. Northwestern stinks. Youngstown State stinks. Um, now, I, I think uh, it's all right for the green and white faithful uh, to be a little excited about Kenny Walker. Not only is he a workhorse, I mean, he is a horse. 27 carries today, 172 yards on the ground. He also caught three balls for 17 yards and a score. I mean, wow. Kenny Walker is a baller. Kenny Walker is now, I think, if you're a Spartan, it's all right. You can be excited. And look, I want your input on this. Did you watch the game? You listen to it here on WJR. What do you think? 800-859-0957. 800-859-0WJR. That's the number for you. Call or text. But I, I, I believe that there are, there's a handful of guys on this team that are just, they're, they're legit. And, and I think, again, save hyperbolic, uh, uh, you know, uh, talk here. Peyton Thorne has been incredibly efficient. 18 for 31 for today, 261, four touchdowns. Nice, solid day against a solid ACC team. Like, I mean, you know, again, this isn't uh, Nick Saban, Alabama, Miami, all right? This is, but but they're okay. They're they're a good ACC team. Peyton Thorne, efficient. Taking what the defense gives him. If that calls for a rush, he runs. Had a big big pickup late in that game that, that really sprung that thing open. Because, look, I mean, you you look at at what this game was at the half. Michigan State was up by three. It was ten to seven. Heck, even going into the fourth quarter, it was seventeen to fourteen. So this was a, a a close game, really, up until the last you know ten minutes, eight minutes of that game. And and I what I really like to hear was Mel Tucker at the end of the game talking post-game saying, look, we were ready for a 15-round fight. We were ready for this thing to go 15 rounds. And and they played it that way. And it, was, it wasn't until the end when the Hurricanes kicked the field goal, brought it within seven, and then Michigan State tore it open. But I, I think that this team 
as constructed. Now, look, we talked about it preseason. Talked about where we thought that these teams would be, specifically Michigan State. I thought I had them at a 6-6 six and six team. I mean, they were 6-6. Six and six. Um, I think now, after seeing them a little bit, they're, they're better than a 6-6 six and six football team. But this thing is set up for them to start the year, I pretty comfortably saying that they could start the year 6-0. I mean, Nebraska, look, today, Nebraska gave Oklahoma everything they had and some. And we'll talk about that game coming up too uh, later on. Because uh, I don't know if you saw uh, one of the stories on Lincoln Riley. Um, he would have done something that I don't know any coach in the history of football has ever done. He seriously contemplated it in this game. I'll tell you what that was later on. But, but I think this thing is set up for Michigan State in a way where they can start this thing 6-0. and You got Nebraska next week at home in a night game. You got uh, Western Kentucky uh, at home in a night game. And then you travel the Rutgers. Now, I think Greg Chiano's got that thing uh, a little bit uh, fine-tuned than what it had been over the last few years. Uh, but I believe that this Spartan team should be able to beat Rutgers. Then you go to IU. You got to take on the Hoosiers. Uh, and, you know, again, I think they should have won their game today too. Like their first real test, and depending on how you view Michigan, could be Michigan day before Halloween. So. Again, this team is better than a 6-6 six and six football team. Gets a little heavy towards the end of the year. Michigan, Purdue, Maryland, OSU, and Penn State. Gets a little heavier there towards the end. But th- 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 this is constructed for them to really fine-tune their program in East Lansing. So I-, I think when you look at Kenny Walker, you look at Peyton uh, Thorne, uh, and then certainly, certainly, Jaden Reed, Jalen Naylor. Those are the guys. You protect them at all costs. Uh, and look, I don't think uh, Jaden Reed had a spectacular day today. Three catches for just over 30 yards. Jalen Naylor had a better day. Four catches for 82. Had a couple of scores as well. I, I think if you're a Spartan, you should be incredibly excited. I think if you're a, a, a member of the Green and White faithful, you should be very excited. Because whether or not the, the the lofty expectations are there for this season is one thing. But it, it, at the least, I believe that Mel Tucker has demonstrated after, you know, again, it, kind of a strange hire, wasn't their first choice after Mark D'Antonio quit late in the game. Uh, but he ended up coming, coming late. And... And then he had to deal with a kind of a strange shortened COVID year. So to have him overhaul this roster the way he has uh, via the transfer portal and then brought these guys in and then uh, and set this foundation the way he has. I, I look, I would be very excited if I were a Spartan, be very excited because this is, you got the, you got the makings here for something cool. So, you know, buckle up. Going to be a fun season uh, and enjoy the ride because I think you you, you could be in for something fun here. Uh, Michigan State wins uh, today 38-17 over Miami in a, in, a, in a heat wave. 
down in Miami. I, interesting in the post game, if you heard it, uh, Mel Tucker was talking about in preparation for this game, in in, in prep, in preparing to go on down to Miami. They were cranking up the heat in their practice facility as high as it could go because they knew that this was going to be just a dogfight. And really it was until the last, whatever it was, eight or so minutes, 10 minutes. So yeah, look, if you're a member of the green and white faithful, be very excited. I think, I think you should be Uh, a a little bit of a different game in Ann Arbor today. So coming up next, I want to talk about Michigan uh, because uh, it was an absolute route today uh, at the big house. 63 to 10 over the Huskies of Northern Illinois. Rocky Lombardi makes his triumphant return to the big house. So we'll talk about that. And there were a lot, there's a lot of action uh, on that Michigan team today. So we'll, we'll talk about that coming up next. Chris Renwick here on sports wrap this Saturday, right here on WJR. Don't go anywhere. Come back with us. So meanwhile, uh, down at the big house, Michigan got a big 63 to 10 win today. Uh, and I mean, look, when things get away from, you know, a team like this, generally, uh, in this case, Michigan took advantage and got a lot of guys in the game. So JJ McCarthy got some run, uh, after Cade McNamara, who went eight for 11 for 191 to score, um, uh, he threw for one, also ran for one uh, early in the game for Michigan's first score. J.J. McCarthy came in four for six, 42 yards. Um, Blake Corum continues to impress. 13 carries, 125 yards, three scores. Hassan Haskins, nine carries for over 50 yards and two scores. And then Donovan Edwards got some run today. The West Bloomfield product, the true freshman, Eight carries, 86 yards, two scores. I mean, look, that's eight rushing touchdowns for Michigan on the day. Not a lot of passing. I mean, you're talking about between Cade and McCarthy, you know, 130 yards or so. So, or or excuse me, 230, 230 yards to the air. I mean, look, I, again, Michigan is doing something that is kind of reminiscent of Jim Harbaugh at Stanford. Really strong ground game, and that's not something really they've had since he's been here. I mean, in terms of a combination of uh, competent backs and then a, a cohesive kind of road-grading, dominant defense or offensive line. He hasn't had both of those things together. So I think he's kind of enjoying this toy. I think he's kind of enjoying this. And again, when you're running the ball as effectively as Michigan is, there isn't really much of a need to throw the ball a whole lot, right? I mean, wacky things can happen when you throw the ball. So I think from Harbaugh's perspective, he's just going, look, if we can run the football, we're going to run the football. Less of an opportunity, uh, you know, to make mistakes in terms of loosey-goosey with the football. It's just, it's a it's a much more conservative style of play. But the way that they're incorporating sweeps, the way that they're incorporating some of their speed on the outside, a la A.J. Henning, um, certainly that's something that they're getting into the mix here. 
Blake Corum's got speed too. So, um, again, I, and, and one of the questions that we had kind of haven't really been able to answer for you has been who's going to take over for Ronnie Bell? Who's going to be that guy that steps up to the plate and at least from a production perspective, who, who's going to pick up some of those yards? Well, today it was Cornelius Johnson. Three catches, 117 in a score. Um, in fact, I think he was the only receiver to score today. He was. So, I mean, look, I, I you know, I, I think you got to, I think at some point Michigan's got to figure out, you know, they got to mix in some of the pass. But today was not the day. I mean, it just, I mean, it, they, I mean, th- there was just no need. The ground game was was dominant force, and away they went. So eight rushing touchdowns leads leads Michigan to the blowout win over Northern Illinois at the Big House. Um, and now from let's play the schedule game for Michigan because now they're going to get into Big Ten play here. And I think when you start looking at how this stacks up for Michigan, I think it stacks up pretty well. Uh. You got Rutgers at home next weekend with a 3.30 kick. Then you go to Madison to take on the Badgers. Then you go to Nebraska to take on the Huskers. You know, I think you beat Rutgers. Nebraska, or or, excuse me, Wisconsin can be a little iffy. It's a tough place to play in Madison. Uh, But I think that they very well could win that game. And then you got Nebraska and and, uh, uh, Northwestern. So, I mean, realistically, they could be 7-0 heading into Michigan State. Really. I mean, you could be talking about a, a couple of high-ranked top 50. You could have a top 15 matchup at Spartan Stadium day before Halloween. How's that sound? Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm on board with that. I mean... Again, I think there are a lot of questions on this Wolverines team still. I feel a lot differently about this Michigan team than I do say about Michigan State. Now, Chris, let me ask you this. If All I right. Yep. Once the schedule tightens up with the competition, yep. do you see – I mean, the running game isn't obviously going to be as good as, as it's been the last couple of weeks, but do you see the running game being able to lead this team going forward with some of these matchups? Do you think it will still be effective – at Wisconsin, Nebraska, at home, you know, Northwestern. Yeah, I think, I think again, I think when you look at the Rutgers and Nebraska game, yes, I think it can be effective. I Not like this. Uh, I, th- these are gaudy numbers. I don't think it can be this effective. And Wisconsin, you, you, you're, you're going to have to be a little more balanced. I mean, unless, I mean, look, I, again, I think you look at what Michigan did against Washington last week. Uh, Washington is no national championship contender. Had a couple of injuries on the offensive side of the ball, but defensively, uh, they're 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 a pretty good defensive team, especially in that secondary. They got more questions up front in that front seven, but they're a solid group. I mean, they're a a top three Pac-12 team, probably top four, top five at the worst. Um, and so what I think you do in this case is I think you're fine-tuning. 
I think you're fine tuning with games against Northern Illinois and you'll fine tune against Rutgers. I think you'll fine tune against somebody like Nebraska. Uh, so that when you get into the stretch of Michigan state, uh, Indiana, Penn state, Maryland, and Ohio state, you hope, uh, that you've got it, you know, fire on all, on all cylinders, but certainly they're going to have to throw the ball. I mean, even next week at Rutgers, they're going to have to throw the ball. I mean, they're not, they, they just, they will not be able, excuse me. They will not be able to run, um, at this, at this clip. I, at least I don't think, I mean, 373 yards on the ground is pretty incredible. So I know, I think that's a valid question, Jason. Um, but I think the thought here is you, you, you're fine tuning. You're trying to find your footing. Um, and with all that being said, uh, I think it's a fair question for Michigan fans to ask is, I mean, is Cade, is he really the guy? I mean, is he really the guy throwing the football, right? Can he make these kind of plays? Cause right now he's kind of like a game manager, right? Like you're just kind of, you're just kind of calling out the mic. You're calling out the will. You're trying to find out if pressure's coming from one of the cornerbacks uh, and to adjust where the run's coming. You know what I mean? Like, you're just kind of facilitating the game as you go along. Can he be a guy that can that can take over a game throwing the football? That's really something that we haven't seen yet. And I think that's a fair question for Michigan fans to ask. Is he capable of throwing the ball? Absolutely. I mean, you saw it uh, today, had a couple of really long, long, nice throws. One was that 87-yarder Cornelius Johnson for the touchdown. But but he has, he's got a little zip on the ball, uh, and and he's got a little bit of touch. He's got to refine his deep, uh, his, his downfield passing, but he's okay. Like, I think he's all right, but when you're getting into a clutch situation, can you throw the ball? And they just, quite frankly, they just haven't faced that yet. And they may not face that till Wisconsin. So it's a fair question. I, 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 I think that's a fair question to ask is, I mean, once you get into the, to the teeth of your big 10 slate, you know, can Michigan run the football like this? I think the answer is no, no. I mean, you're going to have to balance this thing out dramatically. So I think next week you're going to, I think next week you start to see that. I think next week, you, you know, you can run on 60% of your offensive plays, but you got to pass the ball. You got to throw the football around the yard a little bit. And so I think that's what they'll do. But for, again, for Michigan defensively, again, not a whole lot of a challenge today. Um, But I think they're, I, I, I do, I just, I still have questions about their corners. I have questions about. Jamon Green, who had a pick today, had questions uh, about Vincent Gray. I thought he played a little bit better last week, Vincent Gray. Um, I don't have my, many questions about Dax Hill. But there, I, I, I think there are still some questions in that secondary that need to be answered. And I don't know you see that until uh, October 2nd at Wisconsin. So it's interesting. Um, coming up next, I want to talk about this Oklahoma game. We'll, we'll get you updated on a couple of scores going on. Uh, some of the finals that have been in the books. Uh, I'll tell you this. Um, Florida's given it to Alabama. I mean, they're giving them everything they've got. Florida down by five into the fourth quarter. I mean, my goodness, the swamp is rocking. 
I want to talk about this Oklahoma game, though, coming up. Lincoln Riley could be do. He almost did something that I don't know if any coach has ever done. We'll talk about that coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Plays that you just, it's just jaw dropping, right? Like you just see some of these plays and you're like, how on earth did he just do that? Well, there was one of those plays today in the Nebraska, Oklahoma game. DJ Graham, one of the corners on Oklahoma made a spectacular, spectacular one-handed. I mean, I, Again, uh, I don't I don't know that I've ever seen another interception like this. I mean, it was a full extension, one-handed pick. And if you haven't seen it, just type in DJ Graham in Twitter. It'll pop up. I mean, he was covering a guy streaking towards the end zone, reached up, laid out, pulled it in. Uh, it was it it was jaw dropping. It was stunning. So Oklahoma goes on to beat Nebraska twenty three to sixteen in a, a game that again Scott Frost at his alma mater is coaching for his life, coaching for his life, and so it was a pretty good outing by Nebraska. So this interception happens with like eight minutes to play. And what was it? Uh, 8-16 remaining in the game. DJ Graham goes up, makes the catch. After the game, Riley, Lincoln Riley, head coach at Oklahoma, had this to say. I might have been the first coach in history to challenge a play where we got an interception on. So here's the chain of events. Uh, they it, Riley was asking the officiating crew if they had confirmed that it was an interception. They said they had. He said, I thought it juggled around a bit, asking the officials if they did confirm it. They said they had. And he said, I might have challenged it had they not confirmed it. Because then here was the, and again, Going on this thought process, it makes a lot of sense. So it was fourth down. Nebraska throws the interception. Adrian Martinez throws the pick. After it, because they're at their own three-yard line trying to protect the lead, uh, they go and they they run three, I mean, at the three-yard line, relatively conservative plays. Run it on first and second down. They get back to the line of scrimmage on both plays. Third and 10, incomplete pass. So they got to boot it away. They punt it. Uh, after a 10-yard return, Nebraska gets the ball on the OU 38. Three plays later, Adrian Martinez, touchdown pass, 21 yards out, cuts Oklahoma's lead to 23-16 with just under six to play. So again, in, Ry- in Riley's rationale, if if they don't, if, if that really was an interception, if he challenges it, they get the ball at their own 24-yard line instead of their three. It's a genius thought. Uh, but it would have been, Jason, I don't, have you seen this play yet? Have you seen the pick? I just watched it, actually, and okay, I and it, I got Blake in here. I said, wow, oh, my it, God. It, have <laughs> you ever seen an interception like that? I, have never, I mean, again, no. I, I've never seen it. 
and no. the impressive thing was he in midair he grabbed it with one hand and then he tucked it in while well, he's still it. in midair. Wow. Really incredible! Really an incredible play. Yeah. And so, but again, from Lincoln Riley's perspective, I get it. Right. Like instead of being because it was fourth down, so if the ball right. goes incomplete, they get the ball at their own twenty-four. Yeah, he's just, so like he's just showing off, you know. Uh, right, and then and then you want to be the guy to take that away from from the kid? Are you kidding right, me? Yeah. So it like, like that never happened. Oh, I don't know about that. I don't know. But again, this is this is like new age college football, right? Like this is really kind of advanced. Like it's a different thought process. Like you know, Bo would have never done that. Bo would have never done that. He would have never even contemplated challenge well i'm challenging it but I, you know what i'm saying like even urban meyer a decade ago you know florida urban meyer wasn't gonna make that play he wasn't gonna challenge that play you know what i mean right like it's a whole new way of thinking it's a whole new way of navigating a game uh and, and it's again i think it goes it's a very analytical approach to football like again it's it's an odds thing right like like I got it. And you know what? Maybe I'll do this during the break. I'll find that guy. We had talked about him a little bit. He was a high school coach, got a job at a D three school. And his calling card is he just never punts, never punt. It, and I mean, unless they're inside their five, maybe, but he just won't punt because he looks at it as why would I give myself three opportunities to get a first down? If I could give myself four opportunities to get a first down. And then you curtail your play calling around, having the ability to have four plays to get a first down. Now, what was that coach's career record? Uh, really good. Was it really good? Okay. Really good. And as a matter of fact, uh, the kid, his starting quarterback on his team was a former Michigan walk-on, and then I think he threw for like 900 yards in the first week. Wow. I mean, I, again, I got to look this up because now it's a little hazy, but I'll look it up during the break. Um, so, again, this, this is just kind of new age college football. And you get a lot more of these maverick types, right, in college. Like, you don't get this as much in the NFL. Like, Dan Campbell, I'm pretty sure, won't challenge an interception that his team makes uh, if it was fourth down from the from their own 25-yard line and they make a pick. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that's going to happen. So you get a little bit more of this Wild Wild West thinking and, and coaching and analytical approach in college. Uh, but it, it, it was just funny to read this. Um, and, and you know, Lincoln Riley's like, yeah, I, I, I would have challenged it. Really would have. Um, I want to get you caught up on a couple of scores here. Purdue, actually, uh, that was a tight game all the way until the fourth quarter. Um, I want to see here. What was it? It was 17 to 13 going into the fourth. Number 12, Notre Dame hosting Purdue. Uh, Notre Dame escapes with the dub there. They win it 27 to 13. Alabama scores uh, just a couple of moments ago. Florida's they marching it down too. Uh, an eight point lead. And yes, Florida is marching it down. They are on the Alabama 48 right now. Uh, and that's a, they, they've got a first down uh, there. Iowa over Kent State 30 to seven. They got a buck 33 left uh, in that one. Tulsa, look, here's the thing about Tulsa. Everything going on in in New Orleans is just a mess right now, right? Like we've seen the Saints have been displaced. Tulsa has been displaced. 
they were supposed to host Oklahoma in week one, but they got it moved to to Norman because they they can't play there. They don't have if they don't have electricity, the the facilities are a mess. It's a whole you know because of Ida. Um, that game is in the fourth. Pens it's it's Ohio State twenty seven Tulsa thirteen. Oh, I'm sorry. I am thinking too. You know what? I always do this. I always get Tulsa and Tulane up mixed up. Always. It's like clockwork. Uh, but yes, you're right. Uh, Tulane was the the school I was thinking of. Uh, but yeah, so Tulsa uh, is at Ohio State. They're down by 14 uh, right now. Uh, I'll try to get you a couple other scores. Oklahoma beats Nebraska. Told you that. How about that game in Indiana? Did you see any of that, Jason? Uh, Michael Penix Jr. throws that pick late. Uh, and it just blew up everything for Indiana. So Cincinnati walks out of uh, Hoosierville with a 38-24 win. Yeah, they it was yeah it was 30 to 24 at that point, and then Cincinnati sealed it after that. Yeah, that was yep. a good game until, until it was the a good end. game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then West Virginia uh, at home knocks off number 15 Virginia Tech 27 to 21. That was a good game too. Yeah, that was a good game. I did not see any of it, but it, it does look like it was a good game. I was following it throughout the day. It was very close. Big win for West Virginia. No doubt. You got a couple. You got a, another top 25 matchup today. Uh, number 22, Auburn travels to Happy Valley to take on number 10, Penn State. That kicks at 730 tonight. Uh, and then we got a couple other games, too. But and anyway, South Carolina uh, so we'll that- at Georgia right here on WJR following this program. Very good. That kicks off. Uh, what do we got? That comes. That starts at seven o'clock. Uh, yeah. Yep. Very good. Yeah. It looks like kicks at seven ten. So that makes sense. All right. I got to take a break. Jason's gonna yell at me. I don't want him to yell at me. Never. Uh, we'll do- <laughs> we'll take a break. Come back and uh, get you in the mix if you'd like. 800-859-0957. 800-859-0WJR. That's the number for you to call or text. Chris Renwick. Here with you this Saturday evening, football Saturday, right here on WJR. Don't go anywhere. All right, welcome back. 800-859-0957, 800-859-0WJR. Uh, that's the number for you to call or text. If you want to weigh in on Michigan, Michigan State, obviously uh, you, you've got the opportunity. I think that both of these teams are on on a good trajectory here, and and it's very possible that these two teams could be undefeated when they play each other day before Halloween in East Lansing. It would be incredible. Uh, we got Jason and Blake back in the studio. Blake, I know you've got a question about Oklahoma. What do you got? I think. Oh, I don't know. I, I can't really hear Blake. I don't know if that's on my end or your end. That's all right. Hop on, hop on over to Jason's mic. We'll get this thing done. Um, I did want to update you on this. I told you about this coach. Uh, his name's Kevin Kelly. Uh, and he was, he won nine state championships in 18 years coaching high school football in Arkansas. And everything, his whole thought process is, he does just doesn't punt. I mean, there are very few scenarios in which he punts. So, he is now the head coach at Presbyterian in South Carolina, which is a D3 school. Uh, their first game uh, against the Knights of St. Andrews, 
uh, and I don't know where St. Andrews is from. Uh, they beat them 84 to 43. Uh, and then on September 11th, last weekend, uh, they played Fort Lauderdale and beat Fort Lauderdale 68 to three. Uh, and then they've got a game tonight. Well, it should be underway. They, for some reason, don't have any live stats right now on their website. But they're playing Campbell. Again, I don't know where these a lot of these places are from. Uh, oh, looks like this one's in North Carolina. So Campbell must be in North Carolina. Uh, so they, got, they, they, they should be underway from Bowie's Creek in North Carolina. But again, you're, you're looking at a coach who just never punts, takes the, 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 the analytical approach, and just the, the scores are just wild. All right, Blake, uh, what do you got? Yeah, so sorry about the mic issues there. Um, right. So with Oklahoma, their starting quarterback, obviously, Spencer Rattler, I've yeah. I've always thought that he's a little bit overrated, and uh, his game today showed it. He didn't play all that well. He didn't play horrible. Don't get me wrong, but they have another five star behind him, Caleb Williams. Do you think by the end of the season we could see a change? I mean, I know Rattler came in with all the hype, but what do you think? No, I don't. I mean, Spencer Rattler's the guy. I I, I you know I, I I it's it's you're kind it's kind of the same deal at Michigan, right? And I'm not mm-hmm. comparing Kane McNamara to Spencer Rattler, but when you've got a five-star sitting there, I think everybody wants that. It's like you want to see what you don't know, right? Like the the, the appeal is there. No, but I think Spencer Rattler's the guy. I mean, I, I think that, again, you start looking at, you know, some of the top quarterbacks that are going to be, you know, making their way to the NFL this year. Spencer Rattler's, you know, one of the top three quarterbacks that are going to be in the mix. So, no, barring injury, mm-hmm. Um, no, Spencer Rattler's the guy. And again, I mean, today on the stat sheet, he played okay with 24 for 34 for 214 yards and a touchdown. It's not earth shattering. Um, but it's like a a decent day against a a team where, you know, Nebraska came in kind of with nothing to lose. They, they're, they're, it's like, uh, you know, like I said, Scott Frost is coaching for his life. So they're, they're going in and trying to knock off a top team. So they gave them everything they had. It, it was close. It, it really was a close game. Um, but, I, you know, if if you're, I mean, I don't know, if, if Spencer Rattler's on your team, yeah, you're going to start Spencer Rattler. I mean, so no, I, I don't see, no, I don't, I don't see them making a change, barring an injury. But 24 for 34, you know, for 214 yards, again, when you see 24 for 34, if I didn't tell you that how many yards he had through the air, you may think he had a lot more, right? If, if you, that's a pretty efficient day. Um, so n- no, he didn't have a tremendous day, but no, Spencer, Spencer Rattler's the guy. Now here's my question to you guys. If you want to weigh in on this, uh, Kevin Kelly, this, this analytical coach now at D three Presbyterian who doesn't punt, uh, two and zero on the season this year. His first college football season. Running up scores like eighty four to forty three, sixty eight to three. So my question is, uh, with whatever programs that you both subscribe to, I don't even I don't even know, uh, Jason, what you if you what your college football team you you're, you're uh, I'm a Michigan fan. guy. All right. So if Harbaugh stinks it up and they can him. Uh, would you hire Kevin Kelly? Oh. Would you hire a guy 
who doesn't punt the football? Would you hire a guy who takes such a um, like a mathematical, analytical approach to the game of football and hire him at Michigan? You know, he's obviously successful, but I don't think I could because I just don't think. Well, what college is he is he at right now? You said he's at Presbyterian, Presbyterian. which is a D three school. South Carolina. See, I, it just doesn't – it would never work in the Big Ten or any of the other big conferences, I don't think. Would it draw a lot of attention? Sure, but not always the right attention, I don't think. So, you know, here's the uh, – and again, and I agree. I wouldn't, I wouldn't hire him right now either. But I do think – I do think that it took one school to go, wait a second here. This guy obviously is a smart guy. And and, and actually, I, I kind of became hip to Kevin Kelly uh, back in um, like mid-May. Uh, Sports Illustrated put out this huge piece on him and talked about how, you know, at, at high school level, right? If you watch high school football, some of these high school football programs still run like the wishbone. You know what I mean? Like it's it, it, that's even a, a wackier style of football in a lot of cases. Um, but his, so he, he's, he had won nine state championships in 18 years in Arkansas. And so it took one college to go, we got to give this guy a shot. We got to, even if it's a, uh, uh, you know, a gimmick or a D three school, we don't really have much to lose. This guy, I'll tell you what. I could very easily. How about a how about a a, a a school like Tulane? How about a school like uh you know UCF? I'm just saying, maybe not at Michigan, maybe not at an Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, USC. But I could I'll, I would bet that this guy will be at a D1 FBS program in the next two years, especially. If at least now at some college level, they're getting some sort of sample size that this guy is on to something. So there's my prognostication. We'll see you back here tomorrow at 6 o'clock.